Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Can we all just stand to our feet wherever you are? Wherever you are, just rise to your feet. And let's go to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. And we're going to begin reading from verse 22, Matthew 14, 22. We're going to go all the way down to 32, Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was all alone there. Let's all go to the word of God. I want everyone looking into the word of God. So wherever you are, get your word, get your Bible. Let's get into the word of God. Anything my pastor has taught me, let's amen. Verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But... When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came And worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Minister Jeremy. Thank you, Pastor Vashti. Thank you to all our leaders and everyone who works hard to make this gathering possible so that we're able to have our in-person gathering and also have our virtual church. So we want to welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. Amen. Oh, y'all used to shout amen a little bit louder than that. Welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, Facebook land. Now I can see you all clapping. Now I can see you all rejoicing. It's always a joy to come in the presence of God and in the presence of one another to celebrate the Lord our God. And we thank God that we as a congregation can continue to meet both virtually with our virtual church and also in person with our in-person church. So we welcome all of you to the house right here in Catonsville, Maryland, and across the world to Ireland, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, 
Malawi, everywhere where you're tuned in, we welcome you. We are excited to have you in the house. And I'm actually particularly excited because I have something here in my hand that came from some members of our virtual church all the way in Ireland. And I told them I was going to do this, but this came in the mail. It's a, a Father's Day card. It says, Dad, to our very own Pastor Fee for, from the, the church in Ireland. So God bless you. We're excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is when virtual church gets personal. They could have sent a virtual card, but they sent a real card. So we bless you. We honor you. Thank you for honoring us, and thank you for honoring our pastor. Listen, very, very important gathering coming up on Saturday, this coming Saturday on the 4th of July at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're having a call to prayer by our very own Pastor Fifi. We are going to pray for America. It's our Liberty and Justice prayer gathering. Liberty and Justice, there's a flyer that will be coming out in the WhatsApp groups, and also it's on Facebook already. So please take note of that. The Zoom information is right on there. We want to get together. How many believe it's time? to pray for America. It's time for us to unite. Pastor John Crock will be joining us and a couple of other pastors and ministers in this community and beyond across the land. It's going to be a powerful time. You don't want to miss it, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So those of you who have things to do, you can get out there afterwards. We wanted to get it early in the day so people can gather. Amen. So July 4th, take note of that. So we're continuing on this journey of faith. Somebody say faith. And, and we've had quite the conversation as we've talked about faith, many different things. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we ministered on what kind of faith is this. This is where we talked about Abraham's kind of faith. And you should have your notes from that. Those of you on our virtual church platforms will be posting all the different notes on there. We identified 12 descriptors for Abraham's kind of faith. We identified that that faith can hear God. It listens to God. It obeys God. It does. Come on. It doesn't delay. It prepares. It educates. It updates instructions. It is tested and confirmed. It is recognized. It has immediate provision. And we also identify that it is blessed and powered and secured. Or somebody ought to say amen to that kind of faith because I want to walk in that kind of faith. And then this past Wednesday, I talked to you about faith failure. We talked about what happens when our faith is failing. And we identified a couple of things that when we're walking in that place where our faith is, is failing, we begin to walk in fear. Sin becomes part of what we do. We, be, we, we start to become separate. We separate, separate ourselves from congregation, from fellowship, from togetherness, and sorrow. We lose that joy in serving God. We've also talked about the fact that faith is a verb and a noun. And I want to revisit that because of some things we're going to talk about today. So there is that faith. The verb part of the faith is where we actively believe God for certain things that he has told us. That faith is based on what he says. You can't just say, I'm believing God for a car when God never said, I'm going to give you a car. Okay? That's not faith. That's presumption. So then what happens is a lot of times we walk in presumption, and then we get disappointed. And then when God is calling us to have faith, then we struggle when, because we think we've been burned. No, you weren't burned. What we walked before in, that was presumption and sometimes a little bit of foolishness. It wasn't faith. Faith is based on thus saith God. Faith is based on what God has said. So there's that verb part of faith, but there's also that, that noun part of faith, where faith is our belief system. And there's an attack against our belief system. There's an attack against your belief system. It happens all the time at school, at work, different places you go. Someone's always questioning, why do you believe as if you're not supposed to believe it? Think about it for a second. We talk about it when it comes to things like diversity. When someone says to a black person, oh, you speak so well. Well, was I not supposed to speak well? But then when we're Christians, we don't see it that way. When someone says to you, why? Well, why not? 
Why not? Why should I not believe? There's an attack against our faith system, the noun part of the faith, and we need to be aware of that. We need to believe in God, and we need to believe God. Two things. We believe in God, that's the noun, and then we just believe God, that's the verb. Amen. So today, we're going to take it a step further. Somebody say, step further. This is my second sermon of the day. I've already been to church. I've already been to Dunamis. God bless you, Dunamis people. And that was a different message. But today's message for this house, we're going to talk about faith for the contrary. Faith for the contrary. Let's jump to the very end of the story where Jesus said, so, so in, in Matthew 14, 31, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So apparently faith can be quantified. Apparently, God measures our faith. Apparently, he, he, he can look at us and say, hmm, that's little faith. That's what he said of Peter. But he could look at the centurion and say, wow, great. So apparently, Jesus is checking us out. Jesus is evaluating our faith system. And he puts a number on it. So all this time, we would go about saying, oh, God knows my heart. Oh, yeah, he does. He does know our hearts, but he measures it by faith. He measures it based on what he sees. And your level of faith will define you. So we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Oh, my, my, my. That was great faith. But I'm not just looking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm waiting for somebody to talk about the God of Pastor Sybil. Come on. I'm waiting for somebody to talk about the God of Pastor Fifi because we in this generation walk by faith. We in this generation walk in a great faith no matter what. In the midst of coronavirus, I'm looking for it to be said of me that the God of Pastor Sybil in the midst of this pandemic. We want to be people of great faith all the time. And our faith, like we said, is going to be tested. And times like this are testing our faith. The question is, are we going to survive and have great faith or are we going to crumble into faith failure? See, we need that kind of faith that can handle the contrary. See, anybody can believe God when it's all good. Any one of you can believe God that in an hour or so, Pastor Sybil will be done. Anybody can have faith for that, although I could prove you wrong. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry. Anybody can have faith that the sun's going to rise in the morning. That's easy faith. But we need great faith. And great faith stands in times that are contrary. Great faith survives when nothing looks good. Great faith is able to deal with winds that aren't so nice. So, so let's go back to the beginning of this story in Matthew 14. Now remember the backdrop to this. See, we all get excited. Jesus walked on water. But do you remember earlier in the chapter that his cousin had been killed? Wait, wait, wait. His cousin had been murdered. Do we remember that John the Baptist had been murdered? And that was his close relative. Those two babies been having fellowship a long time. 
his cousin has been murdered. And Jesus tries to seclude himself and go back to God and kind of get things straight. But yet the crowds are coming after him and he's not able to have his seclusion. And he ends up feeling compassion for the people. And so he ministers to them anyway. And out comes the feeding of the 5,000. Out of pain, a miracle. Out of a time of difficulty, a miracle. So see, let's talk about this fake failure thing. See, Jesus wanted to seclude, but out of his seclusion and his need for seclusion came a miracle. See, when your seclusion ain't producing nothing good, it's faith failure. Our times with God ought to produce out of us miracles, ought to produce out of us greatness. And in Jesus' case, he didn't even get that quiet time, and yet out came a miracle. On the flip side, we can be so busy, but nothing's happening because it's not by faith. It's by presumption. It's because we can't say no. That's different. Out of seclusion must be born a miracle. When our separation is God-directed, it will produce goodness. Amen? So, so we see in verse 22, so that now we get to this story. It says, Jesus made disciples get into the boat. This is New King James. He made them. Don't you wonder why? We'll find out later. He made them get into the boat, and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. I don't know. I don't know, because if you read earlier in Matthew, you'll see that other account. Remember when Jesus was asleep in the boat? <laughs> and the winds were, were contrary then too, and they had to wake Jesus up? I don't know. I might have been scared to get into the boat the next time. <laughs> I could see why maybe Jesus had to make them get into the boat. Because I'd be like, Jesus, you're not coming. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> Just let me stay here with you. Don't you need somebody to help you out? Jesus like, nah, uh, uh All of y'all get in the boat and go meet me on the other side. They must have wondered, well, how are you going to get there? Nah, get in the boat. Sometimes Jesus makes us do some things. Ooh, I'm talking to somebody. Somebody who's resisting. Somebody who's looking for that easy way. Just because doesn't mean it's not God. Sometimes Jesus will have you do some things that are difficult or uncomfortable or painful, but it's still Jesus. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Look at this. While he sent the multitudes away. Wow. You mean Jesus stayed behind and he was the usher? Yeah. Our head pastor says, yeah. I don't understand it. These leadership who you just preach and then you fly off and let the elders deal. Uh-uh. Jesus' kind of leadership was servant leadership. Jesus cleaned up, saw people off, made sure they got home. That's the kind of leadership. So come on, pastors, teachers, elders. We can't fall into this thing. I understand there's security, blah, blah, blah. But we cannot fall away from the example that the master set for us, where we serve his people, where we love his people, where we're there for his people. But I'm not going to go there. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was all, he was alone there. Wow, what are we talking about? Faith for the contrary. Remember, all this is happening while he's mourning his cousin. 
All this is happening while he's feeling probably the natural fear. If Herod went for John, I must be next. All this is happening in the midst of turmoil. And what does he do? He goes back to his father. Come on, somebody. He goes back to his father. We can never, ever, ever lose sight of the need and the importance just to get on our faces and pray. Just to get before God and seek God. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. We must cultivate the ability to fall on our faces before God and say, God, help me. I can't do this anymore. I need direction. I need help. I need your help, Lord. Jesus himself goes before the Father all by himself. No distractions. Nothing else around him. He desperately needed this time. We've heard our pastor say that Jesus literally lived from prayer meeting to prayer meeting, and in between he did miracles. From time with God to time with God, and in between, then and only then, his faith could handle contrary situations. Oh, we can give you five steps to great faith, but it all is prayer, 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 prayer. You don't get faith anywhere else but by hearing the word of God, whether it's the logos or the rhema. We've got to get before God and hear some things. Sometimes you've got to go before God and ask some questions. I need some things answered. I need some direction. I need some instruction. I need to get before you, Lord, and I'm not leaving till I hear what you have to say. Coronavirus can't stop that. Your house must be an altar unto the Lord. Your home must be a place where you can bow before God and God begins to do some things in your life. We've got to cultivate that side of us where we go to God in prayer. Faith that can handle the contrary. What do you do when you're in trouble? I'll tell them myself, I cry first. Oh, let's be honest. I got to cry and go in circles a bit, but then I can settle down. But you've got to get back to praying. No matter what your immediate response is, no matter what your confusion is, no matter what's happening, when it's all said and done, you've got to park it back at the place of prayer. Park it back at the place of God help me. Jesus goes back to pray. Verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. You know, when you look at the same story in John chapter 6, it says this, John 6, 18, then the sea arose. So it gives the impression when they started out, everything was fine. Then the sea arose. Oh, who has been there? You start out with the business, everything looks fine. Then the sea arises. You start out in the marriage, everything looks great. Then the sea arises. You get that new job, everything looks wonderful. That new promotion, and then the sea arises. And you're facing a contrary situation. Oh, has anybody been there? Anybody been there? Anybody been there? You've prayed for the sick. Now suddenly you're sick. Now suddenly everything is shaky. Everything seemed perfect. You were working, everything was fine, and now you get this new bill, and bam, everything is knocked out of whack. Financial difficulties, pain, sickness, death, discrimination, contrary winds. Can your faith handle it? Oh, we would all line up and say, amen, ooh, I can handle it till it hits you. (laughs) 
when it hits you, it's a whole different ball game. But we're talking about a ball game that we've got to win. We're talking about developing that kind of faith that can handle contrary situations, that can handle the difficulties of life, that can handle all of this pain. Then the sea arose. Everyone can say yes, so the contrary slaps you in the face. And then we got to go back to seclusion. We got to go back to the mountain. Got to go back to seek God. Unfortunately, many of us don't do that. We slip into depression. We slip into anxiety. We slip into worry. We pick up habits. We pick up things. We watch movies. You know, all kinds of things that are in of themselves. Nothing wrong with them, but they become a haven that weren't supposed to be our haven because we're supposed to go to God. Then the sea arose. Remember Matthew 8, earlier on, the same encounter. The winds are going crazy, and Jesus is asleep, but they wake Jesus up. Don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus calls for peace. I wonder, I, there's just something sneaking in my mind, wondering, if Jesus sent them off to sea, what are they going to do this time? Will they remember that I'm the same God who was able to calm the sea? Will they piece it all together and remember, whether I'm with them or not, that I am in control of the atmosphere. I'm in control of the winds. I'm in control of that environment, of that marriage, of that job. I'm in control of all these situations that have become contrary. Will they remember? Maybe that's why Jesus sent them off. And when you look in the Mark account, Mark 6, 48, it says, then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And we all know Jesus. I don't think Jesus was like, is that them? No, Jesus knew exactly what he was looking at. Jesus saw them, and what were they doing? Straining at rowing, straining at rowing, straining at rowing. They went back to natural wisdom. Despite everything Jesus had shown them, Everything that had happened before, nobody even tried. Okay, let me try, let me try. Peace be still. Nobody even tried that. I would have at least, I would have at least pulled that one out. I'm like, guys, wait, 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 wait. I got this, I got this. At least. Nobody even did that. No, they went back to natural wisdom. Back to natural ability. What are we talking about? Faith that can handle the contrary. And they're trying their natural wisdom. And in this account, we see John 3, 19. It says they rode for about three or four miles. Okay, y'all. I walk for three miles every morning. <laughs> it's not easy. I can't. Zyda, we don't laugh at me. You do 10. I know. My little three, I sweat through walking my little three miles. I'm trying to imagine trying to row for three or four miles against contrary winds. And still, it doesn't occur to anybody to try Jesus' way. Ooh, am I describing us as humans or am I describing us as humans? When the contrary hits us, we go back to natural wisdom. Oh, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try that. And we might even pray on the side, but our faith isn't really in the God who's going to help us. We're still hoping that our strategies will get us out. And all this time, the wind is still contrary, and Jesus is watching them. Oh, who's with me? Sometimes you don't even think Jesus is looking near or is even aware of your situation. But while all this is happening, Jesus is watching. 
Jesus is with them. And what's happening? The wind is still contrary. Even though Jesus can see it and Jesus is there, yet the wind is still contrary. But we've been through this before. We've been through contrary winds. Have we forgotten that God was by our side? Come on. There are all kinds of contrary situations that come at us again and again, but we're still here. Oh, amen. We're still here. Corona's kind of contrary. Quarantine is kind of contrary. Come on. Unemployment is contrary. Oh, that fiery furnace sure was contrary. We all deal with all kinds of contrary situations, but this is the time for our faith to rise up where we still believe God no matter what. No matter the situation, no matter the wind, no matter whatever snake is trying to ask me, what did God say or not say, we still believe what God said. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could say, you know what, king, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We got this. We're not going to bow and we're not going to burn because our God is able to save us. And even if he won't, we ain't bowing. Whew, that's faith that can handle contrary. That's the kind of faith that can stand in the midst of the storm. Oh, I've got to read this. This is Daniel 3. Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Their faith could handle the contrary. Oh, let's push it up a notch. And Yvonne took us there this morning. Sometimes our faith creates a contrary situation. Oh, yeah. It's one thing to have faith for the contrary. It's another thing to have faith that creates contrary. Mark chapter 2. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, what did they do? They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Come on. Sometimes we need a faith that can even create contrary situations. How are you going to get up on a roof and use your hands and begin to tear a roof down because you've got to get to Jesus? It takes some kind of faith. It takes a faith that can handle the contrary. It takes a faith that will sometimes create contrary because that's what it's going to take to get to Jesus. What are we talking about? Faith for the contrary. Verse 25. Let's go back to our text in Matthew 14, verse 25. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch, you remember, is that 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. time of the night. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, and they cried out for fear. I'm thinking about this, and I can see it both ways. You know, put yourself in that boat for a minute. The wind is boisterous. Things are crazy. And, and think about it. They're at sea. Even out here, when the wind is wild and crazy, I can't see clearly, let alone at sea, 
when it's windy and the waves are going up and down. And now you're looking at what, wait, is that a person coming at us? Oh, tell the truth. Y'all would be scared too. Tell the truth. Don't just wink one eye. If you'd be petrified, I, I would be petrified. They, they, they were afraid. But this is what I'm thinking about. Sometimes in our place of trouble, sometimes in that place when we're contrary and our help is coming towards us and we're afraid of the help, that help is coming right at you, coming right towards you to help you and to save you, and yet you're afraid. I'm thinking, you know, what could get worse? We're about, if, if, if we're really in unbelief, then why are we worried about a ghost? Seriously. I mean, if we're going to drown, come on, ghost. I mean, what else? What, how bad could it be? <laughs> you might as well have some excitement while you're going down if you're really going to walk in unbelief. So, so why could they not switch to maybe if someone can walk on water, even if they didn't believe it was Jesus, even if they didn't have enough faith to get to that point, they didn't even have enough faith to say, wait a minute, that's strange. But that's pretty amazing, and it's coming towards us. Maybe this thing can lift us up out of this wind. But see, just like we are, in the midst of adversity, we can have the gift right. Boom, but we don't miss. We miss it. We're afraid of it. The solution is right there. The gift is right in your hands. That oil was right in your house. All she had to do was get the vessels and believe the word of the man of God and begin to pour them out. What help could be coming we're afraid of? When we have faith for the contrary, we can see our help when it's coming. We can identify our help when it's coming. We don't switch to greater fear. And think about it. This is all happening, and the wind is still contrary. Whew. Who's been there? You ain't even done with one hardship, and now another thing comes up. You haven't even finished solving the one problem, and bam, five more are right there in front of you. Woo! The wind was still contrary. You know, we sing the song, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. But then we're afraid. The goodness starts running after us, and yet we're scared. And then we start running away like children trying to play tag, and we're running, and God's goodness is trying to get to us. But we're afraid. Woo, verse 27. Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now this right here is where I repent. For every name I've ever called Peter. <laughs> because I'm thinking, okay, Pete, um, how about, Lord, if it's you, tell the wind to stop? I mean, how? <laughs> let's go for the easy one. We've seen you do this before. I mean, let's, let's just say, just do something I'm familiar with. But Peter comes way out of left field. Because he has some kind of faith. Because he knows, wait, 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 wait. Not only can this God calm the storms, but this Jesus, I've seen him. I've seen him just speak the word, and amazing things happened. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was there when the centurion said, Lord, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. That's all I need. Peter was aware. No, no. If you're going to prove that you're Jesus, you're going to have to do something extra, extraordinary. Peter says, command me to come to you on the water. 
And then there's those of us who always want confirmation. Mm -hmm. You can see it's Jesus, but because we're afraid, we're asking for confirmation. And that's what Peter is doing here. He's like, okay, 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 okay. I, I got the ultimate fleece for you, Jesus. If it's you, command me to come. He picks the most impossible of fleeces. But I believe it's because G Peter himself, he had some faith. He had a little bit of faith. And we have learned that all it takes is that mustard seed kernel to carry us somewhere. Amen? <laughs> when you're going through a difficulty, at least go with what you know. <laughs> at least go with the God who you've walked with all this time. Go with the God who has kept you. Go with the word of God that has sustained you. Even if you don't know what to do, you have a testimony of the goodness of God. You can stand on that. Amen. So verse 29. So he said, come. And when Peter had gone down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I'm going to let that settle in you for just a minute. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. You know, Peter didn't say, well, Peter said, Peter said, command me to come to you. But Jesus didn't say, Peter, come. Jesus just said, come. Think about it. Why didn't the other disciples get up too? Why did nobody else thought, I can move on the word of God. I can move out based on a come. Based on a come. Based on a come. The Bible says in Romans 8:19, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Oh, this is a rhema for us right now. I believe there is a come in the atmosphere. There is a drawing of the Spirit of God to the people of God. And Jesus is saying to us, come. And yet we're allowing the winds, the issues, the politics to, to cause us to lose our focus. And we're not walking on the word of God. We're not moving out on the come that God is issuing out to us. The come means many things for many different people. For some of you, it's your employment. It's your work. It's what you're studying. It's that thing that God would have you do. That water that you're trying to walk on, that impossible situation. For us, a come is his house. It seems impossible, but it's a come, and we walk in obedience to what God has said to us. Can anyone hear the drawing of the Spirit of the Lord as he's saying to us, come. In the midst of coronavirus, come. In the midst of adversity, come. Money may be an issue, but come. Nobody else steps out but Peter. What is it that you are watching for and not stepping out on? Why are you looking out for somebody else's miracle instead of claiming your own? What is it that Jesus is speaking to you? Day after day, week after week, well, come, step out is the other word. 
Because to get to Jesus, Peter had to step out of the boat. He had to step out of the safety net. He had to step out of the comfortable. See, all too often we misinterpret that. So you preach a message like this, and then somebody leaves the church because the word said to step out of the boat. Use wisdom. Apply wisdom. Don't walk in foolishness. That's not faith. But there are definitely areas of of comfort that we need to step out of. I'm walking in one right now. I've had a lot of turmoil in my life. And yet God gives you, yeah, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. In the midst of it all, step out of the boat. Step out of your place of safety. Step out of your place of comfort. You might be good at one thing, but God is calling you to do other things. Right now, as a body of believers and house of worship and all across the world, we are looking for Christians who, can, who are multi-talented, who aren't afraid to do different things. Yes, I was this, but in this season, you'll need that. I'll do it too. We need people who know how to step out of the boat when there's a calm. When there's a draw, am I talking to anybody or am I just talking to myself? The earnest expectation of the creation is waiting for our revelation. That means somebody has to get out there and pray for some people with COVID-19. Come on. That means somebody has to get out there and believe the word of God. When is the last time any of us drove around a hospital just to pray? Just to say, Lord, I'm drawing on your name for this place. The expectation, the creation is expecting us to act. Creation is waiting on us to be the sons of God. The very trees, the earth, the ground is waiting for our command. That we would be revealed as the sons of God. Jesus said, come. And there's a come right now. There's a drawing of God on every one of us, young and old. Come. No matter your socioeconomic status, come. No matter where you're from, come. No matter what's going on in your life, come. Let me use you. Let me speak to you. Let let me pour myself into you. Allow me to give you grace for this thing that you're going through, for this wind that you're dealing with. Let me show you that I'm here. Come. Many times our obedience is you got to obey and then God reveals himself. You got to take that step. Then you see it's Jesus. Until Peter stepped out of the boat, he wasn't going to know whether that was Jesus or not. He first had to come. He first had to step out. What are we talking about? Faith for the contrary. The kind of faith that can handle adversity. The kind of faith that survives trouble, that survives hardship. Come, verse 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and put his eyes on the contrary. Oh, I know what it's like, man. When those bills are staring you down, it's hard to see anything but the bills. But you got to look at Jesus. Come on. Sometimes the situation is just so hard. The relationship is so 
hard. You can't look at the contrary wind. You've got to look at Jesus. Sometimes the promise seems so impossible. You've got to look at Jesus. Oh, how many of you had an idea that was so good, and you know that it's good, but every avenue you go to, they keep telling you it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. You've got to take your eyes off of that contrary wind and look back at Jesus. The God who gave you that gift, who gave you that idea. We can't take our eyes off of him and onto the contrary winds. No, 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 no. As soon as Peter did that, he became afraid. And that's what happens. When you focus on the impossible, oh, yeah, you will be afraid. Because in the natural sometimes, <laughs> things don't make sense. The things that God calls us to do. It sometimes doesn't make sense, and the environment is contrary. But we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Amen? We've got to look onto Jesus and look past the pain. See, some of us, we're so good at looking at our past experiences. But don't you realize you're a different person from your past? Come on. You've been upgraded. You've been upgraded. You may have been through a thing or two five years ago, but you're not the same person you were five years ago. So you can't look at that situation and become afraid of the now because they're now dealing with an upgraded version of you. So you can't have the same fear that what happened to me five years ago is going to happen to me now. No, 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 because you're a different person. Say to yourself, I have been upgraded. I have been upgraded. I have been upgraded. You're not the same person that you were before. I'm a better version of Pastor Sybil than I was five years ago. I've been upgraded, okay? I have been upgraded. So you don't look at your past as a contrary wind that you can't survive. You already survived it. You're still here. You're still here. You already came through. So you can't look through that lens and doubt God. You will sink. Peter looks at the contrary wind instead of looking at Jesus. And he says this, Lord, save me. Oh, those are such important words. Because see, even when our faith has failed, come on. <laughs> even when we done messed up, if we can simply go back to the secret place. If we can simply go back to Jesus and say, at the end of it all, I know that you're the only one who can save me. You're the only one who can get me out of this trouble. Only you. If it's not for you, I'm going to die. But you, Lord, I believe and I know that you can save me. Save me, Lord. And Jesus reaches out and saves him. When your faith is failing, cry out to Jesus. Go back to the secret place. Create a secret place. One of the things that's so beautiful that you see again and again in the Old Testament is they made an altar. They just created a place of worship. They created that place to mark a victory, but they also created that place as a site where we worship God. Don't let the quarantine or coronavirus or anything stop you. Create that altar. Go back to the place of worship. Go back to that Fight with God. Go back to crying out to Jesus. Go back to your secret place. Amen. Hallelujah. I have one more thing, two more things actually I want to share with us and then we're going to be done for the day. But before I do that, can I challenge us concerning offerings? Can I challenge us in the area of giving? See, it takes faith to give. 
It takes faith to give when the contrary winds against your finances are blowing. It takes faith to be faithful. It takes faith when you're looking at the stocks. Come on. When you're hearing they might lay people off. When you're hearing all kinds of contrary things, it takes faith to be faithful in the area of giving. I want to challenge every single one of us to give. Pastor Vash, I already gave out the challenge. I want to give it again. You can give online, my house of worship slash giving. Notice it's different. It's no longer donations. It's forward slash giving. Take note of that. Or on PayPal, paypal.me slash my house of worship. I want every one of us to give. Actually, I'm even going to take a few seconds to wait on us. Every single one of us. I know what it's like. You're sitting at home. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll do it when the service is over, and then you forget. That was me on Wednesday. I preached, and I mentioned giving myself, and then I forgot till this morning to be faithful in that area. Can we take a minute? There is something about the first day. There is something about the offering on the first day and when we gather. Let's not be so free that we forget some of these powerful principles where we give an offering unto the Lord in the midst of the congregation of the saints. And yes, you may be doing it online, but taking a minute even now to say, God, I give you my life. God, I give you my finances. God, I give you out of my resources. And I want to ask every one of us to be faithful in this area. For those of us who are in our in-person gathering, you can also give if you need to. But please be sure to maintain social distancing rules as you do so. There are pathways in front that you can go through right next to the offering um, basket. So you can give and still monitor that and still keep yourself safe. Amen. Let's be faithful in giving. I heard a testimony from a church yesterday that talked about how their giving has actually increased since they went virtual. I'm like, that's awesome. That is awesome. Let's be faithful in giving. Amen. Is everyone giving? Everyone online? I'm going to pretend I can see you. Our virtual church, our international church, don't, don't uh, distance yourself from this either. Let's all join and be faithful in giving. Amen. It's not the amount, it's the faithfulness, it's the heart, it's the desire. That's what counts, that we be faithful to the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for being faithful in giving. I want to end with verses 30 to 32. I'll read that part again. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And think about it. All this time, all this drama, they have rode and rode three miles, four miles, thought they saw a ghost. The ghost gets close. The ghost says it's Jesus. They test the ghost. They find out it's not a ghost. They find out it's Jesus. And all this time, the wind is still contrary. All this time, the wind is still blowing against them. I'm like, well, Jesus is here. Why is the wind still blowing? Why are we still in the midst of adversity? Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, and when they got into the boat, and when they got into the boat. So I want you to picture this. Jesus and Peter 
are walking together on water. They together. What is that? The faith, the belief system I started out talking to us about. Walking with Jesus side by side. Walking on water. Together. Peter believing no longer in the place of doubt. But not just believing in Jesus, but walking with him. And get into that place of safety. And now the wind ceased. Could it be that our difficulty is just waiting for us to get with Jesus? Could it be that that contrary wind is simply waiting for you to walk with Jesus on that wall? Rather than trying to row on your own, come on. Rather than trying to see things that aren't there, come on. We've been there too. We create prophetic words that don't exist in our effort to get to safety. Could it be that when we get back to that place of saying, Jesus, I'm just going to walk with you. I know it's scary. I know it's difficult. I know these winds are blowing and I'm petrified. But my faith is my faith is my faith is my faith. I don't doubt you. I will believe you no matter what. I will be a Christian. What? My faith is secure. My faith is secure. I don't doubt. I don't switch. Come wind, blow wind, whatever happens to me. God is still God. Fiery furnace. Furnace, the Lord my God, He will save me. And even if He won't, even if He won't, I still believe that He is God. Even if He won't, my belief system, my faith is intact. My faith can handle the contrary because the contrary handle me. You gotta take your faith and punch that contrary. Sometimes you got to take your faith and just smack that contrary situation in the face and say, you are not taking me down. I am walking by faith. And even if I go down, I'm going to go down looking good because I believe in Jesus. Faith for the contrary. Walk with Jesus. Believe in God and believe God. Believe in God and believe God. God, I want to pray for us before we end this afternoon, wherever you are. You see, sometimes, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is that we not allow this situation to change who we are. So if you're out in the virtual church platform, right about now is where half the church is kneeling, the other half is standing, people are in worship, we can still do that at home. Your home is an altar. Don't let the environment alter your altar. Don't let the situation change your worship. So whatever posture you need to get into right now to respond to the word of God, get into that posture. Get into that position. But here's one other thing that's happening right now with this whole pandemic. God is stripping away the things that we're dependent on. God is stripping away the props. God is separating the wheat from the chaff. Because when there's no one playing music for you, will you still worship? When there's no one lulling you into feeling like God is near. See, that's what happens. There's a lot of music and God's not in it. But because we've made ourselves so used to a soulish realm that we respond to sound and half the time God is not there. God is stripping away the props so he can get to the true heart of worship. 
the true heart of I want to pray for us. Remember the word of the Lord says. Common passage, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. Anybody dealing with a contrary wind, can you begin to make that confession for you? are with me. You are with me. God, you are with me. God, you are with me. I speak that as my truth. It is my reality. God, you are with me. You will not leave me. You will not forsake me. I will not die in this contrary wind. You're going to help me. You're going to keep me. You're going to protect me. No matter what happens to me, you are my God. You are my God. Even if I die, I will die in you. I will die because you are with me. You are with me. I will not go down. You are with me. You're a sovereign God. There is no difficulty that I go through that you're not with me. You are my God. And God, your staff, they comfort me. They protect me. They keep me safe. Two more prayer points and then we're done. Hebrews 13, verse 6. So, we may boldly say, the Lord is my Lord. I will not fear what can man do to me. Fear will negate your faith. Fear will make you sink. Fear will cause you to shipwreck your faith. When you read that passage, Paul says that Hymenaeus and Alexander, who had succumbed to and shipwrecked their faith, that he handed them over to Satan. I'm going through enough. I don't need to be handed over to Satan. So I'm going to say, Lord, I do not want to shipwreck my faith. I will not shipwreck my faith. This, we say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Somebody get up and say that with boldness. Can somebody get up and say that with boldness? The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I what can man do to me? Man can do nothing. No man commands my life. The Lord commands my life. The Lord is God over my life. No man can control coming in or my going out. It's on the Lord. It's on. Lord, it's unto the Lord. I boldly say, Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. 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 And I want to end with this one. I want to end with this one. Isaiah 43. 3. And it says, when you pass through the waters, I will. And through the rivers. They shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in your place. I'll read that. The Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Savior, 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 we submit ourselves under your protective hand. 
And we declare and decree our lives are not ruled by any man. Our lives are ruled by you. You, Lord God, you are our Savior. You are our healer. You are our defense. Today we separate ourselves from the fear of man. We separate ourselves from the fear of a system. We separate ourselves from the fear of the environment. And we return to you and we say, Lord, you save us. Because you are our Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if there's anyone listening to me right now who has not given their life to Jesus Christ, see, the only reason we can boldly say we fear no man is because we have a Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, who restored us back into fellowship with the Father. It is that God who brings salvation. It is that God who keeps us. It is because of that God that we survive contrary winds. It's because of that God that we have faith no matter what we go through. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, it's simple. It starts by simply acknowledging that you have no good in yourself. But that he is the source of life. That he died for our sins. If you can acknowledge that, he's ready to receive you in his arms. It's simple. All you have to pray is pray, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that by myself I am nothing. So today I give you my life. Today I give you my heart. And I say, come be my Lord. Come be my Savior. Receive me into your kingdom. If you prayed that prayer, Today, you become a child of God. Today, you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. We say congratulations to you. Listen, if you are in our in-person and you prayed this prayer, please come talk to me at the end of this gathering. If you're in our virtual church and you prayed this, word, this prayer, all you need to do is send us a message. There's a way either online or you can send a private message through Messenger and we'll reach out to you. I believe members of our virtual church will also put the phone number and the contact information right there for anyone who prayed this prayer. We want to talk to you. We want to pray with you. Yes, we do contact just like our virtual church members. They send us cards that aren't virtual. Same thing. We reach out and we will speak to you. We will pray for you. We will help you. We will counsel you. Because that's what a church does. Listen, to our virtual church, we thank you for joining us tonight. We're so glad that you are here with us this afternoon. As you sign off, if the Lord is still speaking to you, our prayer and my hope is that you won't just cut off because this broadcast is over. If God is speaking to you, can you go up your mountain? Go find that space and be with the Lord. God bless you, virtual church, and thank you for joining with us this afternoon. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.